Wait, 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 wait. This feels like a conversation. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel like we're getting into the yeah, good yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We better get the camera rolling. <laughs> right. Good afternoon, everyone, or uh, good morning, whatever it is to you. Welcome to the Bodybuilding.com podcast. I'm Nick Collius, an editor and the host up here. Our co-host is not Heather this time, but Caitlin Kalina, uh, another editor here at Bodybuilding.com and a power lifter with a few meets under your belt. How many? Uh, three and number four will be in May. Excellent. We're trying to get her to nationals. And by we, I mean her. I have nothing to do with it whatsoever. <laughs> uh, but I'll go, yay, go go do it. And our guest is none other than Laura Phelps, a true legend in powerlifting and a pioneer in women's strength in particular. Uh, she's broken and set more records than we can really list here. Otherwise, it's just going to be a pod, not a podcast. It's going to be <laughs> me just reading that. stuff. Reading yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, to give the big headline versions, you've squatted well over 700 pounds in competition a number of times. Yeah, yep. Um, Benched 540. 540, yep. Pulled over 500. 560. 560. So, to, uh, you know, you add that up, that's uh, 11 times body weight at 165 pounds yeah, once upon a time. Crazy. Just try to match that world. It's 11. Um, but also, Laura is one of the new teambodybuilding.com athletes. So she's here hanging out with us in Boise, which is really exciting. I can't think of anyone better on International Women's Day here to help women oh, get strong yeah. the right way. So, Laura, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, now, I, I, I I want to talk with you first about your progression to heavy lifting because, you know, that's what people know you for, but you had a long athletic history leading up to right. that. So, right. so tell us a little bit about, a little bit about where you came from. Well, I grew up doing gymnastics. I remember getting into gymnastics when I was four. Four. Okay. Yeah. So starting yeah. pretty early. My mom <laughs> got me into it when I was four and I think she got, I mean, probably my, all my sisters, I have three younger sisters. We all got started in gymnastics, but I enjoyed it the most. They all kind of went into soccer mm -hmm. is what they all did. And I stayed stuck with gymnastics. I just really enjoyed it. And I wasn't like, I was I never got to like an elite level or anything. I mean, I was good, but, um, when I got older, like into junior high and high school, we had uh, high school gymnastics. So I, I did that because it was like, you could pick and choose. I enjoyed tumbling. I like the more explosive, um, you know, aspects of gymnastics. So I liked the vault and I liked, um, the floor exercise. I didn't really like so much the bars and beam. So you weren't, yeah. you weren't one of those little girls who was dreaming of the Olympics or right. like looking at national. I was, you, you I were just, okay with your level? Yeah, yeah. I was like, that's, this is good. That's the key. And I like yeah. doing other things too. I, I, still, I played soccer as well and I um, ran track. So I liked being able to do other things and, you know, but gymnastics was my main focus. And I liked um, in the high school setting, I was the, the team captain, you know, so I just liked more of like the, the community aspect of it and like the leadership aspect of it um, more so than like trying to go on like, and, you know, on further than conquer the world. Yeah. 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 Like, I, I mean, I, when I was growing up, I kind of felt like, I mean, I had that in me, like where I wanted to be the best at something. Um, and you would think that I would have tried to like do that with gymnastics, but I, um, I just knew that that wasn't the thing. I knew there would be something, but I, I don't know. I just, I didn't know what it would be or when it would come along or mm, if you ever. Knew there would be something. Yeah. Nice. I kind of like had that feeling, but I just, you know, after high school, it was kind of like, well, I mean, maybe, maybe I kind of like skipped, you know, maybe that's not going to happen. I'm just going to, you know, be a regular person, which is great. You know what I mean? But like, you know, there wasn't going to be something I was going to be the greatest at or whatever. Right. And that, that's, um, that's what happens with, yeah. with a lot of sports for women in particular. There's a firm end where it's yeah. like, okay, this is really this as is, high as you can go yeah. for, unless you're going to really aim for something. Yeah, exactly. Next level. You know, I was 18. So you think like, well, like, you know, usually if you're going to be the greatest at something, it's happens when you're young, you know, or, and They'll you're know. kind of in, yeah. on that yeah. path at least. So I'm like, okay, so it's not, not anything to do with sports. So, um, I went out to college and, uh, I remember 
coming home for Thanksgiving. And I, you know, when I walk into my family's house, which are still living there, the, like right when you walk in, there's a wall and it's just all mirrors. And I just remember looking at myself like, oh my gosh, like, you know, the freshman, what I, I don't even know how much I weighed. Yeah. I gained. It wasn't that much, <laughs> oh, but I, I was, was just like, I'm so, I'm so Jack. Yeah. No, right. no, 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 no. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wow. Um, I didn't have organized sports anymore, you know, where it was like, I didn't realize how much I was like, you know, working out, um, by doing like gymnastics or track or soccer. So, you know, I'd been doing nothing, you know? Um, so all of a sudden I was like, well, I need to figure out how to keep myself in shape, you know? So I started running. I just, I just went to the, the rec center and I just would, you know, ran a little bit on the treadmill and I would go over to the, uh, like the cable system, you know, like some of the weights and I would, I had no clue what it, I mean, now I think back and I was like, I remember I would do some lap pull downs. <laughs> I would do some tricep push downs and that's all you um, Yeah. It really, that'd be <laughs> yeah. it. Like some sit-ups and that was it. Um, that and a little treadmill time. What yeah. else do you need? I was like, this is good. You know, and I kind of got myself back apps. on track. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I started like, I would increase the treadmill a little bit more a little bit more until I could run like a mile or two miles and three miles. And I was like, well, I'll do a 5k, you know? So I did a couple 5ks and then, you know, just the competitive person in me, I was like, well, maybe I can do a 10k. And, um, you know, so I just would increase my mileage and, you know, I was able to do 10ks and I was like, all right, what's, what's the pinnacle of running? I'll, I'll, do, a I'll do a marathon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I looked up on runners world, you know, how to train for a marathon, mm-hmm. you know, printed out a program. It was, uh, I don't know, maybe 10 weeks or maybe more than that. It was, it was a pretty long time. And, um, and I followed it to a T and, and, and it worked. I mean, I ran a marathon. I wasn't fast by any means. I wasn't like a really, you know, cause I'm not the way I'm built. I'm short, I'm stocky. And, um, so long distance is not going to be my thing. I, I, when I was in high school, I was a sprinter. I would run the hundred meter dash or the hundred meter hurdles, you know, anything. My coach would make me run the 400 and I, I hated it. I almost died. It was too <laughs> long for me. Yeah. Right. Nope. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I ran, ended up running two marathons. I did the Columbus marathon when I was in school at Ohio state. And then, um, I transferred to Bowling Green and finished out there. And then after I graduated, I stayed there and I worked as a fitness, um, like managing a fitness center in Toledo at general motors. And, um, so I ran the Toledo marathon. So this is, you know, this is over the course of, you know, from the time I started college, you know, we're talking about five years about. Okay. So, right. so um, there was something in that, that you like still. Yeah. I enjoyed think. like, although I, I feel like I know a lot of people who run marathons who sort of secretly hate it. Yeah. I, I was, <laughs> it was, it was more of just a challenge for me. It was, yeah. it wasn't enjoyable. It wasn't like, I was like, ah, this feels so good. You know, it was just, it was just a challenge. Like I really liked, you know, pushing my limits and finding out how far I can go. And, um, you know, so I would did a, you know, even between those two marathons, which were years apart, I did a lot of five K's, 10 K's, even half marathons. I enjoyed the half marathon distance. Um, but you know, this is purely just all running really no weight training at all. Um, just running and, you know, just trying to stay in shape. You know, I, I look back at it and I'm like, now I, you know, doing the polar opposite with like strength training. I look back and I'm just like, I'm kind of sad for myself in a way too, because yes, it was challenging, but I, I also was doing it to just try to stay thin. You know, I just wanted to be as as thin as possible. I remember putting on jeans and being like, they feel tight on my thighs. Oh my gosh, I'm getting so fat, you know? And I'm just like, that's, I can't believe that I, that I had that mentality. And it's obviously very common. Mm -hmm. Um, But thankfully I think that mentality has shifted a lot you know, this is, we're talking 2000, 
you know, three, 2002, you know, that's a long time ago. And the, the culture and the, the mindset has changed a lot. You know, I don't think I would be feeling that way if, if it were like times like now, I'd, I mean, who knows? I don't, I don't know. I think back to it and I thought, I think like, man, I would have probably got into like CrossFit or something like that. I think if, if, if you took me back then, but in this society, I think I would have probably like got into CrossFit and, right. you know, some strength training via CrossFit. Cause I really enjoy, I, I still to this day love cardio. I love like, not necessarily like, like steady cardio. I love conditioning and things like that. Um, so I think that would have been my thing. Um, and not necessarily powerlifting just because I would, I don't know that I would have maybe gotten introduced to powerlifting. I, you know, my story is a little different in that, like, um, you know, after that second marathon that I did, I was really, I just remember being like, my knees hurt, my hips hurt. Everything was like killing me. I was like, I just, I really need to take a second and, uh, you know, just take a little break and like try to, I was, you know, working in the fitness center at General Motors and I was like, well, I'm here in this weight room and there's weights here. And, um, a decent weight room. Yeah. I mean, they had like, everything that you could need right. um, pretty early for the, I mean, corporate gyms are, are a yeah, big deal now, but yeah, it's a little ahead of its time. Definitely. And this was like, not even that like their, um, like a, you know, the one of, like, it wasn't like we're in Detroit and they're like office building. We we're in a transmission plant, you know? So these are like, you know, blue collar, um, which I loved. I loved working with that population. They were, cause they were dedicated. These were guys that, and girls that would, you know, they were really into to strength training and, uh, you know, they were dedicated. I saw the same faces all the time, you know, so it was really awesome. I became really close with them and, um, you know, I wasn't necessarily personal training. I was just there to like, kind of, you know, just, you know, kind of guide them around, show them how to use, use a machine and whatnot. Facilitation. Yeah. Yeah. But it did cut that kind of sparked my interest in personal training though, just because I did see the same faces all the time and, you know, started working with them. And, uh, you know, they, even though I didn't have the knowledge even yet to, to build a program for someone, you know, because I, I didn't even weight train myself, you know, that's why I'm like, man, like it really takes life experience to really be able to train someone more so than like any book or test that I could have taken, you know, like I really would not have trusted myself, even though I had a degree in health promotion and, and was working in a fitness center. I still, I still was not anywhere near like, um, qualified enough to really, to really get someone like strong or, mm. um, in shape, you know, mm. but it, I say <laughs> nothing you've said so far tells me like, all right, she's going to go way down into the, the, the weight training rabble. She's going to do a bodybuilding show. She's going to do a bunch of powerlifting shows. Like when, when did, when did you have, cause yeah. you did a powerlifting or have a bodybuilding show first. Yeah. Before you did any yeah. So like, like that's, how did you, how did you transition into that? When did that like, all right, I don't mind if my jeans are going to be tight. Yeah. I'm going I'm to grow some legs here. Yeah. That happened. That like, so that after that second marathon, when I was feeling really beat up and I was going to take a break, um, was around the time that I had met my now ex-husband, but it's okay. Um, people always say, oh, sorry, it's okay. Um, we met at General Motors. He was working there and he, um, he's the one that he was into bodybuilding. He loved training like a body. He was really obsessed with bodybuilding and, um, even growing up, like his mom loved bodybuilding. So he, um, just had a really great background and knowledge for bodybuilding, really, really knowledgeable. So I was like, well, I'll, you know, we started dating and I was like, um, I'll start lifting weights. At least someone will be showing me how to do it properly. And so, and so we did. And he was, I mean, he just really did a good job of like teaching me properly and also like showing me that I had a lot of potential. I mean, he really was like, you've got a really great 
structure for it. Your, your joints are small, but your muscle belly is full. Um, he's like, you could really do something with this. And, and you know, he, me being competitive, I'm like, really, I could, I could be good mm, at this. Okay. This yeah. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. This is it. This yeah. I'm waiting for. Yeah. And I love eating. So it's just like, <laughs> um, you know, I can eat like a lot of food, a lot of protein and stuff like that. And, you know, this is all about like, you know, gaining, you know, muscle mass and then taking it off, you know? Um, so he started training me for, for bodybuilding. And so we would work out, um, sometimes at the, at the general motors gym, but we, I got to end up getting a membership at powerhouse in Toledo. This is in Toledo, Ohio. Um, and so I started, you know, going with him all the time and I just became like, you know, all that focus I had into running, I just literally just immediately switched it. I really never ran again after that. Like once, you know, once he was just like, you know, you should really try to do this. Um, I gave it like a hundred percent. Like, I mean, I switched all my eating to eating like a bodybuilder. I'm eating six times a day. Um, you know, cause prior to that I had no clue how to eat. I think I would just like not eat and then I would just eat really bad, like at night, you know, it was just like the, that mentality of trying to like be thin. It was just like, how long can I go without eating? It was really crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I totally switched my mentality and, you know, started training like a bodybuilder and I did all on the split. Yeah. Totally. And I mean, he, he totally, he trained me. So, you know, I learned a lot from the way he trained me and like the technique, like he taught me like perfect form on everything. And, uh, so I did a bodybuilding show probably not even like six months later. Um, yeah, I did like a, just a smaller show. I think it was in Columbus. Yeah. Um, I did a show and, I was like the only person in my class. So I won it, of course. Like, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I won. Oh, won I won, but I was show. out of wow. one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then I did another show, like, I think two weeks later. Like, it was like one of those, like, do oh, okay. this one and then, like, um, peak for the next peak one. For the next yeah. One, yeah. Yeah. So I did that one and, and won that one as well. And I was like, I love this, you know, even though, um, even though the dieting was so hard, like it was say, so hard. You, yeah. Cause you're prep. Like we hear horror stories on the podcast all the time. So yeah. First prep for a show. Yeah. It was... And they either come out on the other side and they're like, that wasn't so bad. I think I'm, I, I think I'm made for this. Right. Or they come out and they say, I will never do that. Yeah. Again yeah. Life. Yeah. It was hard, but I loved it. Like I loved, um, like the discipline aspect of it. Like I, regimented, yeah, yeah, the yeah. regimented, like, like discipline. You're it's the like the type of person that really loves that yeah. or really just can't. Hang yeah. With Cause it. that was part of the competition basically right. is like, like, I mean, I have to be strict on this because I mean, I wouldn't even like, I would like bake stuff for him and make him eat it. Like, you know, um, and I wouldn't even lick the spoon, nothing. I was just like, I, <laughs> there's other people that are dieting that are going to, you know, that I'm going to be up against, you right. know? So I took that really serious. So I didn't mind that part of it. Um, you know, it all paid off like, cause I really enjoy, I, I loved being on stage. You know, I think it might've been from my gymnastics background. Um, you know, cause I was used to being like by myself on the floor exercise in a, in a leotard, you know, having people look at me. So, you know, and then having to like perform and like be like, you know, not really posy dancing, and, but posy ish, yeah. you know? Um, so to me that it wasn't like weird to me. It didn't feel uncomfortable to be on stage like that. So I, I really enjoyed it. I loved the posing aspect of it. Um, so I did that one and then, uh, I waited until the following year to do my next show. Cause I was like, I really want to take this one, take this serious and try to put on size. Cause I was, I had like kind of bigger legs, like for a girl, but like my upper body was small. Like it was, I, you know, I didn't have like big arms or a big she back, you know? Only, yeah. <laughs> not at that time. Bench. I remember I <laughs> yeah, could exactly. not, like I could not, I remember that. Um, so I was like, I'm going to take some time and um, try to get, you know, get some more size and then um, do the show. Like I've, 
picked out a big show. I picked out the GNC Body Rock in Virginia. And um, I mean, it was like a legit show. Like it was, I remember Ronnie Coleman was the guest poser. And um, it was, I mean, it was awesome. It was a big show. And uh, so I went to that and there was a a lot of competitors there. So I was like, I remember sitting in the, um, like in the like meeting, like like whatever, like a a briefing. And, you know, everybody's got like warm up stuff on, but I just was like looking around thinking I have no business being here. Like Mm -hmm. this is crazy. And I weighed in at 121. So I was a lightweight. I was super tiny, (laughs) but um, I won my class and the overall at that one. It was, yeah, it was crazy. And there was like a, a, a guy there, I can't remember his name, but he was, He's like one of the directors for the bodybuilding show for the Arnold. And he was like, I remember he gave me his card and he was like, if you stick with this, he's like, you're going to be at the Arnold. Like, you know, I just remember being like, oh my gosh, like this, you know, this would be awesome, you know, to get a pro card, you know, to go there and, and do that. And so, you know, still my mindset was like, I'm going to be a pro bodybuilder. Like, this is what I'm going to do. Um, and, but and, it, and the category you were in was was being was, called what it was. It was women's bodybuilding, so they didn't have physique, mm-hmm. which I would have been a better candidate for physique had they had that. Just because I wasn't very, I wasn't, I was only 120 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, what year was this? 2004. Four. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I would have probably been better for physique, and um, but at the time it was just women's bodybuilding and figure. You know, there wasn't even bikini or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I was like. I asked the judges, of course, everybody was telling me, like, you ask the judges, what do you need to improve on? And they were like, um, you need, you still need more thickness in your back. So I'm like, okay. So we said, we'll start adding some of the power lifts into the training, you know? So I, cause I didn't squat. I would, I would like go real heavy, like on leg presses and hack squats and, you know, movements like that, but I didn't squat or deadlift mm-hmm. in my training. So. That's, and that's a turn of the century style yeah, of training for sure. Yeah, yeah. totally. Carving so it. it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, let's add some squats, some deadlifts. And um, so we started doing that. But I would like, I wouldn't like max out. It would just be for reps. Um, and I really enjoyed the deadlifting. I loved deadlifting then. It was like, this is so fun. Um, and not so much of squatting. I was like, I don't know about this. Um, <laughs> but there was a guy at the at the gym, at the powerhouse gym that was like, oh man, you should do uh they have these local non-sanctioned powerlifting meets. It's just bench and deadlift. Um, it's just for fun. It's not even sanctioned. You know, you don't have to wear like a singlet, nothing like that. And so I was like, oh, I don't know, you know, but then I was <laughs> like, like in yeah. The, in the gymnasium. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I mean, but that, uh, I talked to Mark Bell about that. He did a bunch of, a bunch of meets like yeah. that where it's like, Hey, bunch of dudes in a high school. We'll just get here, together here and go. do this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It was like, it was like, fine. You know, he kind of bugged me enough and I was like, I'll do it. Um, you know, especially because it was just bench and deadlift. I was like, that's, you know, anytime you take the squat out of the equation, it's a lot less stressful, you know, like to not have to, I don't know what it is even to this day, but, uh, so I decided to do it. I remember it was in a, in the local mall, um, in a, in like in a, um, like a department store that had nothing in it. It was just, yeah. Over by the orange Julius over there. Yeah. It was just this (laughs) big empty, um, department cool. store. So, yeah. 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 And there was a lot of people locally that did it, mm. you know, they would just come out and do it and do bench and deadlift. And I remember, um, I benched 180 and I think I pulled 350. So that's, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. And so there were, people were like, you know, so some, some of the other people were like, that's really good. And I was like, it is like, I don't, I didn't know, like I knew nothing about powerlifting. So they're like, that's really good. But still I was like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to full on switch or anything like that. I just was like, went, kept doing my bodybuilding training. Um, 
and how then many other women were there there i think i don't remember there being any other really yeah i, th- I remember being the only one um but then there was another one coming up a little bit later um i did that one and I can't remember, I remember I increased my lifts a lot, but I can't remember what they were. I just remember pulling a deadlift that was like really slow and grindy and like, you know, the whole place was going nuts. And I was just like, this is so cool. Like people are like cheering for me. Like bodybuilding right. is, you know, not that it's cutthroat or anything like that, but you know, it's every man for himself, you know, right. it's, it's, it's pretty isolated. Yeah. It's yeah. very isolated. So I, here I am in this room and there's like, I'm watching other competitors, um, just like cheering for me. I'm just like, this is so cool. Like, this is crazy. But still, I wasn't like going to, I still was not like, oh, I'm going to switch to powerlifting. (laughs) So um, I found about, I found out about one that was happening, another non-sanctioned meet that was happening down um, in my hometown in Cincinnati. And I was like, well, I'll go visit my parents. Cause again, I'm still in, I'm still in Toledo. I was like, I'll go visit my parents and do this meet while I'm down there. My dad can come watch. Cause my dad, loves like I'm you know one of four girls so he was loving that I was getting into like weight training and stuff because it's like you know he's used to going to gymnastics meets and dance and stuff like that so he thought this was really (laughs) cool um so I was like that'll be fun so I I picked that one out and um I think I think I benched maybe 200 um it might have been 190 something like um but I remember deadlifting 450 um or I think it might have been less than whatever it was. Like I just remember the the owners of the gym, who were bodybuilders and powerlifters. They were like, "You need to do this. Like, like you have a lot of potential. Like you really like if you just knew how to do this properly, like your form. Um, you know, because I I don't we were bodybuilders, you right. know, so we would kind of lift like bodybuilders. Like if you knew how to do like powerlifting type form on this yeah. on on technique, um you could actually, you could pull 500 today. And I was like, sold. I was Fine. like, that would be <laughs> awesome, you know? So. Set yourself up, up with a really interesting progression though, yeah. because you start with gymnastics, which is body awareness. There's a Absolutely. great muscular base. Right. And uh, my wife did gymnastics and it's like, she attributes a lot of what she's able to do. Oh, yeah. As an adult, like yeah. 35, 40 years later, like it really works. It and really then does. you go to running where you just build this massive aerobic engine yeah. that you can do tons of work. And then what do you do next? You just pile a bunch of muscle onto it. <laughs> that sets you up pretty well. It really did. I was just like, I'm really lucky in the way that things just like fell into place for me. But like the gymnastics background was enormously helpful for, um, you know, even, you know, bodybuilding with posing, but with um, powerlifting with body awareness and learning how to like that mind muscle connection. And like, because mm-hmm. when I work with people now and I'm like, okay, um, engage your lats or whatever. And like, literally they can't do it. And I'll be like, okay, like pretend like you're, you know, flaring your lats or like doing a lat spread and they don't know how to like move know. their lats. Yeah. And they're just like, oh my gosh, like I can't, I took that for granted that like I could do, you know, mm-hmm. do little things like that. And I think that was like, like very helpful with like my success, you know, because I always tell people, I'm like, I, I, you know, not to downplay anything, but I don't think I was necessarily stronger than number two person or number three or number 10 person in the world. I just knew, I just had these little attention to detail type things, these little, little things that like kind of helped me with like being an absolute, absolute perfectionist with form and technique and the flexibility that I had, like, cause with, with my style of powerlifting, I lifted in the equipped division, which is like with the, you know, squat suits and, you know, things like that. Like, um, you have to go a lot wider, like in the squat, you know, and that takes a lot of flexibility. And I, I just naturally had that. It wasn't like anything I had to like work towards or anything. It was just there. Um, and you know, in the bench press, you know, the setup that I would use, like tucking my feet way behind me and getting this big arch, you know, that was 
easy for me. You know, it wasn't a big deal. And then I pulled sumo stance and, and, uh, the deadlift and it was just, that just was completely natural to me. It felt natural. So yeah, gymnastics, it was like huge for, for, you know, my success in, in powerlifting for mm. sure. So, and, and you got really strong just by basically doing bodybuilding training. It sounds yeah. like. Yeah. Well, I had, um, I, I how, went directly much... into powerlifting. Like after that meet that I did down in Cincinnati, I decided I was going to like be serious and do a powerlifting meet. Um, so that, that meet was in January that I did. And I picked out a meet to do in June and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this for real. And at that time in, this is 2005, um, powerlifting was all equipped. Everybody lifted yeah. in bench shirts, squat raw suits. Yeah, <laughs> no. So it wasn't like, I was like, I'm going to do this meet raw and then get in. It was immediately, I ordered a bench shirt. I ordered squat briefs, a squat suit and a deadlift suit. Mm. And, um, what was the, like yeah, getting was, into that squat suit for the was, first time? <laughs> it was hard. Like it was really hard and it took a lot of people to help me get it off. Um, but I mean, I really, I, I just think back to that and I'm like, I went directly into like the most hardcore gear you could wear, you know, and thank God I had, I did have that gymnastics background and that tendon strength because, you know, you're overloading your body with like, hun- you know, hundreds of more pounds, you know, a- across three lifts than you can do without. So it's like you know, that's a lot. Like, you know, I remember feeling like my arms were like, just like, I, I would be benching in the shirt and I would, you know, just feel like my arms were just like, in a you're just like broken. You know what I mean? It was just like, took a long time for my bones and my tendons to kind of thicken up and be able to handle that. But they did. But I mean, I think that I had like the, the tendon strength that I gained from gymnastics was very helpful into kind of being able to directly directly into that type of gear. The grip strength you know? too, I would yeah. imagine. I mean, right. I mean, not only for pulling off the ground, but right. I'm thinking about what 500 pounds must feel like yeah. on your hands. Yeah. I've never had 500 right. pounds on my hands. Yeah. And you got to have some tough ass hands it's, to do that. Yeah. It was, I, I just can't believe it. Like I, um, I was still working at General Motors at the time. And mm-hmm. Um, since I decided to do a powerlifting meet, I was talking to a guy, one of the men that worked there and I was telling him about how I wanted to do this. And he's like, wow, my son or my, my nephew has a gym up in Detroit. Detroit was only 40 minutes up the road. Um, he's like, he has a a powerlifting gym there. He's a powerlifter. He has a powerlifting gym. There's a lot of like really good powerlifters there. And so, um, me and a couple of the other guys that I had met at, at powerhouse, the three of us decided to do this meet together. So we're like, um, this guy, connected us with his nephew. And so we decided to go up there on a weekend to meet them. And I mean, these, I can't believe these were guys that were like ex world champions. Like they were retired, but still training together. And, um, it it was just like the most, I look back now, I didn't know then, but I look back now and I'm like, that was like the most ideal situation I could have ever been. And these guys were like, you know, done competing themselves. So they, here I was, I, I come in and they just, you know, just kind of brought life back to the group. They were like, oh, she's got a lot of potential. And they just like took me under their wing and they just helped me. They gave me like the, uh, one of the guys gave me his squat suit, which fit perfectly. Um, they I'm, just, I'm going to try to borrow her singlet coming up. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that might work, you know? Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I started training with these guys and it was, it was so fun. I would spend Every Saturday there, we would squat for hours. Um, I mean, it wasn't like we would take our time. It wasn't like, you know, nonstop squatting, but like they helped me. And every week it was just, I think back and I had no plan at that time. You know, it was no training system. We would just squat heavy all the time. Um, 
And uh, we would just work up heavy every weekend. And since I was new to it, it was fine because it was just beginner gains. It was just every week my squat's going up and they're just like, oh my gosh. Um, so the, the meet comes, you know, the June meet that we signed up for. And uh, I remember I just had to like basically skip dinner the night before uh, weigh-ins to make weight because I was like 165.9 or something like that. So I was like, well... I remember looking up, like I looked online to try to figure out like how to cut weight. And it was just said like, don't eat your last two meals or whatever <laughs> the day before. Okay. Um, and it worked. I made weight, um, <laughs> but it was only a few ounces. So it should have been fine anyway. Um, but I made weight um, 165 and I squatted uh, 551 and I benched 303 and I pulled four around 450 at that time. Yeah. Um, so it was, I mean, that was big, like, cause the world record at that time in the weight, in my weight class in the squat was 611. So it was just like my first meet, I'm just, that's how confident I was. I was, I was literally like 65, 65 pounds to make a world record. No problem. No. I literally yeah. was like, that's going to happen soon because, you know, I could just tell by the way my training was going with them and going up every week. I just, I don't know. I just had this crazy confidence. It wasn't like an arrogance at all. I just was like, I was became obsessed. I was like, this is the thing, you know, I found it. This is the thing that I'm going to be like the best in the world at. Um, but you weren't just, you weren't just squatting one day a week. Like the, no, were, the rest like, of the okay. week, were you, were, yeah. were you really, I don't know. What did the training feel like to you at that point? It was definitely f different than what you had been doing. Were, did, did it just, uh, was it an odd feeling to be really diving into the world of strength? Yeah, more? it was. It was like here I was doing more of squat bench and deadlift and less of all that those bodybuilding movements which is funny because like once i learned how to actually properly train it kind of went back to right. more of the accessory, accessory movements and less of the squat bench and deadlift so, um, so it was pretty minimalist training at this point yeah like at that point it was just like i was learning the gear and our training sessions would take so long that like if i got done benching or um squatting it was just like a couple like you know leg curls or reverse hypers and then go home um but then i you have your other you have four days of training basically um you have your heavy days and then on the other two lighter days that i would do a lot of accessory work a lot of tricep movements and a lot of upper back hamstring movements things like that to try to stay well-rounded and you know you know have no lagging weaknesses or anything like that um so yeah it was it was just a weird shift but it didn't feel like completely, I don't know. I just became obsessed. I was like, I loved it. I loved, I looked, for, I lived for like Saturdays, um, going up there and training. I mean, I trained throughout the rest of the week too, but the squat became a, like my favorite thing, you know, deadlift, it was deadlift before. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden like squat became like my obsession because I think that was the lift that I was like the mo the closest at breaking a world record at. Um, so it was just like, that was, became like my focus at the time. And, um, so I would go up there and I would squat heavy on Saturday. I'd go back up there on Sunday and I would bench heavy with them. And then I would do my training back in Toledo throughout the rest of the week. It's a lot of travel. Yeah. 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 It was crazy. Drive but... up there and squat heavy. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. So, it's, it's interesting. To, I mean, when people think about Westside style training, you think about like sort of training around the goal constantly. Yeah. And you're, it sounds like you were just training right at I it. was literally like, because I didn't really, I, I knew of Westside Barbell, like, um, but I didn't really know how to train that way. Like we had, we bought at the time they were VHS tapes. I, you know, we still have those, but, um, you still have them. yeah. Awesome. Oh yeah. I still have the full set. Um, so we'd watch them 
And we'd see the things they were doing, but we didn't know how to put it all together. You know what I mean? I met Louis once. We went and um, listened to him talk at like a like a, a two hour seminar. You know, so we were like learning about these little things, but still trying to f- figure out how to put it all together. Right. That's the that's the ultimate yeah. challenge. Yeah. Everybody's exactly. always doing that, right? right? So we still didn't know. And um, I signed up for a meet two months later after that June meet. Um, it was just to do a squat. Like I just wanted to practice a squat. Um, and I went there and I squatted 580. So I, you know, increased about 30 pounds, you know, and here I am. I'm still like, yes, like and that, that's 611 is going down. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and at the time, like the the pinnacle of powerlifting at the time, because powerlifting was a, like it was still pretty divided, but it was a lot more united than it is now. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, everybody lifted equipped and then everybody, a lot of people like lifted in in the APF Federation. Um, that's what. You know, that was like the most popular federation. They were, you know, all about the equipped lifting and um, they you had to go through the APF to qualify for the WPO, which was like this, you know, they were at the Arnold. Like, you know, now there's a couple of different meets going on at the Arnold. Um, it's not the WPO, but the, at the time. The Arnold was the WPO and they had the biggest ballroom right across from the expo. Um, they'd fill it with like two or 3000 people like spectators, which is like unheard of for powerlifting right. to, you know, um, but it was, it was incredible. And they had the lights and the stage and, um, you know, it's like a rock concert in there and all the smoke and, and everything. So everybody, everybody wanted to be there. And, um, so, you know, I'm learning about this is like, this is a pinnacle of, of everything. And actually I had seen it, even though, um, I had, gone to the Arnold the year before in 2004 as a bodybuilder, you know, just spectating and saw that I saw the powerlifting going on. And I was like, that is really cool. And I remember, um, I saw Tina Reinhardt, this girl, she benched 402 at 132. And I, my mind was blown because I, again, I'm not powerlifting yet. So I have no concept of, of the numbers or anything. And I just, I like, my mind was blown. I literally was like, I was like, that's insane. I could never do that. Um, and I said that also about Amy Weisberger. She squatted, she was up there squatting 523, I think she did. And I remember um, Shane telling me, he said, he's like, you could be here next year if you wanted to. And I was like, you're insane yeah, because right. I'm not a power lifter. And um, sure enough, I was there the next year, which um, I mean, I kind of like skipped ahead a little bit because prior to the Arnold, you have to do the semifinals, um, which are in the fall. So, you know, backtrack a little bit. Um, the fall of 2005, they had the um, semifinals for the WPO. And women at the time were only guest lifters. You had to be invited. They would only invite like three or four girls to lift. Um, and uh, so I had no way of like qualifying to get there. You had to be invited. And here I am. Who am I? You know, I had only done this local meet before. So I wasn't like on the map yet. So I wrote the the president of the WPO and I was like, how, you know, what can I do to be there at the semifinals? You know, like, here's what I've done. Here's what I plan to do. You know, I basically was just like, yeah, <laughs> I told him, I was like, I will break a world record if you let me lift there. And so coincidentally, um, a, fr- a girl who's now a friend of mine um, who was lifting in the WPO, she was supposed to lift at that meet and she ended up hurting her knee. So she had to pull out of it. So here's this opening and he, and you know, he gets this email from me saying that I'll, you know, I'll break a world record. And he's like, I mean, luckily he took a chance and he was like, okay, you know, you can take her spot. Um, and so I was like in, I was in for this, for the semifinals, um, which was only, that was in September. So it was only about a month and a half after that meet that I went to d- just do the squat and I squatted 580. I was like, okay, I can, 
I've got a month and a half to train for this and break a world record. Um, so I get ready for it. Yeah, wow. I know. I was like, oh my gosh. So it's just these numbers, like equipped yeah. or no, these number these numbers boggle the mind. Right? Yeah, at, in this point in history. But then it's hard to even imagine that you could conceptualize like, all right, I'm just going to squat. I know six, people are like people ask if I ever had like fear of like, you know, getting hurt or anything that never, ever once in in competition crossed my mind that like, you know, because I've, I've witnessed in my 10 years competing and even at, beyond that now, right. a lot of really catastrophic accidents happening. And I, could, I remember being in my bench shirt, like sitting and watching a girl break her forearm in half um, right before me. And I, I, I still, I was not, I still wasn't like freaked out that that was going to happen to me. I was so confident in my form. And I was like, Oh, it's just cause she was, she had her wrist bent backwards like this. I don't do that. So <laughs> I'm not really worried about it. Fault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm not going to do that. So it's not going to happen to me. So I never it's had true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. yeah. I was. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, I go to the w, WPO semifinals I'm warming up in the back room where every top power lifter is. I mean, Louis Simmons is back there. Who's the, you know, founder of Westside Barbell, like the you know, greatest strength coach mm-hmm. ever to live. Um, he's back there coaching his Westside athletes and, you know, Chuck Vogelpohl is back there. All these, all these people that I had, you know, not been following for a long time because I just got into powerlifting, but I'm reading, I'm like reading powerlifting USAs. I'm starting to learn who everyone is and um, I'm warming up and, uh, I hear I go to take my last warm up attempt. I you know you time out your warm up attempts sure. so that like yep. you do your last one and then you're ready to go sit down and um find your seat and be ready. So I'm taking my last one um and my last warm up was 5 it was somewhere around 5:50 and uh I I pick it up and I go to go down and I hear Louis say he said come on new girl he, and I was like and all of a sudden my legs just like kind of gave out and I like just came down and I couldn't come back up. And like, they picked me up. It wasn't like I fell to the right. ground, but I missed the weight and I, and, you know, and you have my knees wrapped and everything. I don't have time to like rack it and do it again. And we did not have time for them to wrap me back up and take this next warm up weight. So here I am. I missed the first weight that I've ever missed in my whole powerlifting training. I never miss a weight in training. Never. Um, and here I am like right before I'm about to go on stage, I miss my missile weight. And I'm just like, that's great. I be, I suddenly became incredibly nervous. I was so nervous. I was like sick. I was just like, Oh my gosh. And um, people are like, calm down, calm down. You're gonna be fine. I was like, I don't know here. Like, you know, on the biggest stage, I'm about to like, you know, just make a fool of myself basically. And, um, but I don't know, like just something about like once I got up there and I saw the people and it just became like, just what I, what I enjoy, like from gymnastics or from bodybuilding, like, you know, I thrive off of people watching me. Like it's performing. It's, yeah, performing. Exactly. Like even though I'm lifting weights, I'm like trying to perform and and I try to take it as like these people are here to watch me. They're here to they're not judging me. They're here to watch something really spectacular, you know? So I'm like, I I I need to show them something really spectacular. And um, so my first weight, which is I mean, I can't believe I did this, but I opened up my first weight was six seventeen, which is the world record was six eleven. So it's not like I opened like conservatively, conservatively. <laughs> <laughs> which I would tell someone else, I would never let someone never do let that. I would do never that. let someone do that. Like you're crazy. Um, so I opened up with 617 and I made that no problem. And all of a sudden the nerves just went away and I was just like, this is, this is incredible. Um, and then, so it's not like I made a little, ch- <laughs> I jumped to 661. Oh my I know. Oh my I, know I know. What was the heaviest you had done in, in your training? 
uh, I don't know, like maybe 600. Wow. Yeah. Huh. I, I, I mean, I, I want you to I get know. back to the story, but I'm wondering <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm wondering about your, you know, the, just the minutes leading up to a big lift like yeah. that. Did you have that? Yeah, I wanted Obviously to. you were nervous, but were right. you, did you have that process, that ritual dialed in at that yeah, point? Yeah, what kind of goes through your yeah, head? Yeah, no, I, I didn't have any ritual or anything yet because I just had no idea what to expect. I'd never like really been like on a such a competitive stage like that before. And I remember um, my dad and my sister Leah, who I'm really close with, they came and um, I remember hearing them cheer for me. And it was just like, I, I like I could pick them out out of everyone. You know what I mean? It just became like, like, I don't know, just calming a little bit, you know? Um, so I didn't really have any rituals yet. I just literally was just like, this is what I do every weekend. This is no different. I've never, you know, yeah, I had like a little thing back in the warm up room, but I've never missed a weight. Um, like this is, you know, I, this is what I, that this is the thing that I've been searching for. You know what I mean? That I would be like the, the best at this is, the, this is it. Like I've, I knew that I knew it. I was like, this is the thing right here. And, um, you know, so I made, I called for 661 and I got that no problem. And I, then we went to 683 on the third one and I got that one. And, um, so then we're like, you can take a fourth attempt in powerlifting if if, if it's for a world record. Nobody's which I, gone. Yeah. Where you yeah like, <laughs> we'll just let yeah. you just let her right, keep going. Like, fifth attempt, Don't sixth attempt. No. <laughs> um, but since it was a world record, they let they will let you take a fourth attempt. So I we did seven hundred and um or maybe seven oh five. I think it was seven oh five. And um I squatted it up, but at the at the top I just like um lost my balance. Like I kinda like lost lost it to the side a little bit. But I was I didn't care because I was like, I already broke the world record by like 70 pounds. Um, and I was like, and I basically just did this 705. Like I, the, it didn't matter to me because I was like, I have confidence that I will do that in the next one. Um, and so it was just like, people were like, I, I, I loved that feeling that people were just like mind blown that, you know, no girl's ever done this before. You know, there's, there was one other girl that had lifted heavier than that and um, a higher weight class. She's a super heavyweight. Mm-hmm. So they're looking at the six, 165 person. They're just like, what just happened. And, um, so it was such a cool feeling and like, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I loved that feeling. And, um, like right after that, like at the time and still Inzer is like, a they make all the squat suits and Mm -hmm. and everything. And they even make stuff for like raw lifters, you know, you know, knee wraps and things like that. Um, they had a representative there and they like offered me a sponsorship right on the spot. And I was like, yes, I'll take that. (laughs) Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Like I, you know, I, I did well in the bench and deadlift, but not like, you know, world record level, you know, my bench at the time, I think I benched 319 uh, and I pulled four, like around 480, I think mm. I pulled it, wow. but amazing. which made for a world record tank. total as well. Like mm-hmm. even though yeah. those weren't uh, world record lifts, the, it, the squat was so high that the combined of all three um, attempts made for a world record total as well. So two world records uh, that day. And you know, meeting Louie and, you know, getting Louie's attention. And, um, well, you, when you met him again, did you tell him you're the guy who ruined my warm up? Yeah. Man. Yeah. I don't think I ever told him that. I was like, <laughs> like, you just scared me to death. But, um, it was, it was shortly after that I went to visit Westside cause I had a, um, a friend who lived in the Toledo area and he, and he was a Westside lifter. He would travel back and forth. And so he's like, Louie wants you to come with me down there to train one day. And so I went down there and benched, um, down there on a Sunday and Louie asked me to, to, you know, to be a part of Westside. And I didn't say yes, right on off the bat, like, you know, which I think back, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I told, you know, you have Louis Simmons asking you to be, you know, basically on the team. And, um, 
And I was like, let me get back to you on that <laughs> because I don't know. I was just like, really, I, the guys that I trained with, I just, I was it had loyal to it them yeah. and like, I, I just didn't want to leave them. And, um, but they were like, you've got to go. Like these guys were like, like, you've got to go. Like we we've done, this is all we can do for you. We've done everything. Like you're, you're, you're going to get to a point now where you have to like be really smart about your training, you know, like, and you know, cause like I said, that was all like beginner gains. Like, you know, you're going to get to the point where you have to like be really, you know, and that's, that's the best place in the world. Mm. You know, you've got mm. to do it. So I, so I did it even, I didn't move there and train. I uh, would travel there on the weekends and train and then do my training I would still do some of my training throughout the week with, with those guys in Detroit. So I kind of got the best of both worlds. Um, still being able to train with them and then going to Westside on the weekends, you know, cause I, I couldn't just move there. I didn't have a job there. You know, like I needed to keep my job. And, um, so yeah, that was, hmm. that was it. And like, after that, it was just meet after meet after meet for 10 years. 10 and years. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's really crazy. Cause at that meet, you know, squatting 683, that was 2005 it took all these years. I, I think it would took about five, <clears throat> five or no, maybe it was more than that. Um, it took a long, several, several years to put 70 pounds on my squat. My, my best squat to this date is 775. So to think that, you know, the patience of that, you know, like I, I work with people all the time now and they get really frustrated if they, you know, they <clears throat> get into powerlifting and of course, meet after meet, they're making hundred pound gains on their total. And then they get to a point, you know, where they're making 20 pound gains on their total and they start, start to get frustrated. And I'm like, you are making gains. Right. Like you've never even bombed out of a meet, like <clears throat> 10 years of competing. I have bombed out of meets more times than I can count. Uh, then I can remember, really? you know, and people don't, re- they don't, those don't make they don't, it on yeah, the bio. They, exactly. No, they don't, they people don't, don't know that. that. Nobody see those ones on the Yeah. Floor. I was going to say, do yep, you see that? <laughs> yeah. People that are in my own gym don't even know that um, until I tell them when they get frustrated, like, cause we don't have a lot of people. We try to like coach our people now to not do to be smart about their attempts and, you know, attempt selection and peaking properly so that it doesn't happen. So it really rarely ever happens with our lifters. But if for some reason it does, it's like, I, you know, when I, when I tell them that I've, you know, bombed out, you know, at least 10 times, they're like, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah. And like, I literally got to the point, like if it happened, you give yourself like five minutes to be upset about it and then it's over. Like there's nothing you can change about it. Um, you just have to figure out, you know, wh- what went wrong. And, um, what, and do you think, you, what do you think did go wrong when you would bomb I, out? Usually? Um, I mean, once I, I think once you're getting to weights like that, like lo- any little thing can go wrong. Like once you're trying to push the limits of, you know, putting, you know, I, I attempted 800 in, in competition, you know, several times. Once you're just putting that weight on your back or 550 pounds in your hands to bench press, it's just like, you know, one, one wrong step. move of your elbow. And, and it's just like, it's, it's over. Like everything has to be perfect. And then, um, you know, just in time and training, like I, you know, gain more muscle mass and start getting over my weight class to the point where like, you know, I kind of would start training. Like I, my body would just kind of stick around 173 to 175. And then, um, then I got to do this eight to 10 pound weight cut, you know, which is a, a large percentage of body weight at that weight. Um, you know, so you do a weight cut. I would do the same exact weight cut from meat to meat and one meat, it would be perfect, you know? And like, let's say like the time I, I told 11 time body weight, the 1800 pound total, that was the same weight cut that I did for another, uh, a, a, some other meat. And I bombed out, you know what I mean? Like, um, and I just felt like garbage that day, you know, where, where this other day I just felt amazing, you know, like, 
and it's just you, you just you don't know why it just happens. Um, you know, so it's just when it comes to powerlifting and equipped powerlifting like that, where um, you have all these like added factors like weight cuts and um, squat suits and you know benchers because you might not rehydrate properly. And then I remember I I would always know if I didn't rehydrate properly because I would go to put my squat brace on and they'd be like loose and I'd be like oh no you know like you don't want your gear to be loose like it needs to be tight. Um, so it's just little things like that, that happen. Or, um, I remember one time bombing out and not realizing until that night when I came down with a fever that I like had the flu, basically I'm coming down with the flu. Mm. I'm like, why does everything feel so heavy today? Why, you know, and it's like, oh, okay. Like I basically had the flu coming on and didn't happen until that night. Um, little, yeah, little things like that. But I didn't, I did so many more meets that were good that people just literally forget about, about those, un, you know, unsuccessful ones. Sure, and, that, and that, I mean that that idea of whether to whether to cut weight or not, yeah. or whether to move up a weight class, whether to go down a weight class. It's a really fascinating quandary that yeah. a lot of women find themselves in. Now, Caitlin mm-hmm. has actually written about this for us as well. Like, yeah, just yeah. Should I should I stay up? Should I go down? Yeah, is, it, is the price worth it? Right. I and I always advise people like, um, don't cut weight unless you know if you're especially for a beginner like to have that added factor and that's crazy like and it's like for what like like if you're if you get to the point where you've got a lot of time in training and everything's consistent and you've got some meats under your belt and you're maybe going for like an elite total or like a pro total or something's on the line then you can think about it like a small weight cut but i mean to just like because I've had lifters do that where they're going to do their first meet and like okay now i need to cut this weight i'm like no we're not doing that because what if you know, you don't do as well as you wanted. And then it's like, was it because of the weight cut? Was it because of the training? You don't even know. Like mm-hmm. there's just literally no point in it. So I would always suggest to people just to wait and do it. Like if there's, you know, something really important on the line. Right. Yeah, and like peaking. Take that. Oh, no, I was just going <laughs> to say like, that's the one thing that I've learned too. I've only been doing this for a couple of years, but like really allowing yourself to like build that foundation yeah. of strength, which means like, yeah, you might have to carry a little bit more yeah. body fat, but like you said, you kind of have to earn that point where, right. okay, now I can cut weight and I actually have a shot at yeah. winning a title or exactly. whatever. Yeah. 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 Cause I mean, even the best of weight cuts, like are going to take a little edge off, you know, like, so, I mean, if you're new to powerlifting, I'd rather like go in like fully strong, you know, with nothing, you know, keeping you back from sure. that. Sure. And peaking in any sport, even if you are, at, you know, not cutting an ounce, is difficult. Yeah. And it's. Uh, did you did you feel like you became a, a master of peaking to a certain degree? Like I'm, I'm wondering, you know, before the the, the great meets later in your career, what did the week beforehand was, look like? Yeah. yeah it's. Uh, I didn't do a whole lot the week before. That's like because um, once I started training with Westside and learning how to properly train and learning about the delayed transformation phase, which is like a three week, you know, 21 day delayed, that's 21 days leading into me, basically like, you know, kind of your, your training would kind of like go down a little bit, like as far as deloading and then like up to like your pinnacle week of like heaviest squats, everything that you're going to do. Um, and we kind of overload it a lot, like with bands or chains, um, and then tapering down for those three weeks. So that final week, you cannot do anything to get stronger. The only thing you could do is do something to detrimental to make yourself, (laughs) yeah, to screw it up by doing too much. So, um, Sometimes I look back and I think like I should have done a little bit more that week. Like I, there were a lot of times I literally did nothing. I just rested. Um, I look back and I'm like, I wish I would have moved around more, done some squats, bench and, you know, like I think people should move around like, cause it's weird to like train, 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 and then sit around for a week, you know, like, 
um, you know, your body, I think just stiffens up a lot. Like I think you just need to keep it moving. Um, so I, that I think, you know, I tell people like, if people say like, is there anything you would have done differently? That's one thing. Then another thing would have been like doing more GPP, which is my own fault. Like that is purely my own fault. Louis preached like the West side system. Like you're supposed to be doing a lot of GPP. Mm -hmm. And I like kind of would be like, Oh, I can't do that. It's going to make me weaker. Like, you know, I literally went from that mindset of like cardio, cardio, cardio to like, no, I can't do any of that. It's going to like, it's going to take away from my strength. And it's like, mm-hmm. I kind of learned after I was done competing when I started adding a lot more conditioning back into my training, um, that like, wow, I can totally still be strong and, um, do a lot of, you know, conditioning. I don't mean like cardio, I just mean sled drags and, um, you know, short air, like assault bike sprints, you know, things like that, just to like kind of build up your conditioning. Cause powerlifting meets are long. They go from, they can go, Exhausting. they can go 12 hours sometimes, you know, and you've all the, all these hours between your lifts, you know, and all you want to do is fall asleep. By the time I would get to deadlift, I would just be exhausted. Mm-hmm. I'd be so just like, I just want to go to bed. I don't really want to deadlift. Well, that's, that's one thing that, that came to me is looking at, you know, your competitive history, I think after those first two lifts, what's left? Like, yeah. you know, I mean, I'd want to go to bed. Yeah. It really, it, it's like that a lot, you know, especially with the longer meets where there's a lot of competitors, you can be just like, like exhausted. That's why it's the conditioning would come into play where it's like, you're able to just kind of like, you know, be able to, it's sort of CrossFit ish, you know, where you can like be able to do this workout, come down from it, do another workout, come down from it and do another one and still be, you know, equally, strong or, you know, be able to perform equally for each lift, you know? Um, so I think the more conditioned athletes do the best on the deadlift. Mm. Yeah. So the night, the night before a big meet, would you sleep like a baby or? No, I couldn't sleep very well. (laughs) I could sleep, but it was interrupted. It was so like, it'd be like, I'm just thinking about it and, you know, can't fall asleep. And then once I fall asleep, it's just like very interrupted sleep, you know? So I would always um, try to, and I tell people now, like, you're not going to get, you're probably not going to get really good sleep the night before. So the night before that. So basically two nights before get the most sleep you can like store up on sleep basically, because I mean. I mean, I think it's true anytime. Like, I think like some, that's why sometimes when you like, like when I got in, um, here on Monday night, I got in, my flight got delayed. I got here super late. I didn't get to the hotel till about one and I had to be up at five 15 or something, um, which is just like way less sleep than I used to. I felt fine. Then I say I felt fine, but it was the next day that I was like, Oh my gosh, you know? So, I mean, I just, I don't know if there's any science behind that. I have no clue, but I always tell people like the sleep that you get on Thursday night is this, it's going to dictate how you feel on Saturday. So focus on that night because you know, the next night is not really going to like, you know, obviously it would affect you if you got like an hour of sleep, but like, um, if you get like crappy sleep that night, it's not, you're going to be okay. Cause you've, yeah. you know, I've, and I've heard that from a lot of different people yeah. in different sports and I don't know if there's any science behind right. it or not, but I've heard it enough times on, I feel like I've experienced it enough times yeah. that I, I respect it's it. It's true. Right. Yeah. It's like right. the anxiety and the excitement and yeah. your mind kind of races. And yeah. So after that 12 hour meet, just collapse. Totally. It's like, you wouldn't think, cause it's just like, I'm just doing nine lifts, you know, but, um, just the mental exhaustion, it's unbelievable. I just feel like literally just so tired. And, um, you know, I'm, you know, now I'm like a firm believer into getting back to the gym somewhat quickly, not like Monday morning necessarily. Like, like you could come in Monday and do like some reverse hypers, um, just blood flow stuff. Um, but, you know, uh, you have some people that get real excited. They go right back to the gym and they feel great on Monday. They might feel 
okay on Wednesday. And then all of a sudden it hits them. It's like your central nervous system is not recovered to do heavy lifts again, you know? So that whole week should be just like move around, you know, do some blood flow stuff, some bamboo bar benching, some, Mm -hmm. you know, like reverse hypers, things like that, just to move and then get back to the actual lifting like the week after. I know some people that, you know, especially like bigger guys, they'll take a couple weeks of just blood flow stuff before they'll even think about putting heavy yeah, like weight. That. Blood, blood, flow, blood, flow. blood flow stuff. We're not talking about necessarily like blood flow restriction. Training. Yeah. We're just talking no, about we're just moving trying to move blood and, around. Mm-hmm. That's that's a missing element may, maybe in a lot of people's yeah. strength training, it right. seems like. Um, what, what would, what would another missing element? I, I feel like when I, when I look at your Instagram, I see low rep strength work on there. And I think maybe that's, that might be one of them. What, what do you see as some of the other like, um, missing elements? Well, I mean, there's, I mean, there's so, there's so many training styles now. It's unbelievable. Like it's, you know, how much powerlifting has changed over like since I started, it's, it's unbelievable, but, um, I'm still just a firm believer in like the 2080, like the conjugate system it's, um, which is Louis Simmons conjugate system. Um, 20% of your training should be like the main compound lifts, the squat, bench, deadlift, different variations of those lifts um, or percentage of work if you're doing dynamic effort. And then the other 80% should be accessory work. So, you know, that's like, you know, the special exercises to help build, you know, like when we focus on posterior chain, we do a right. ton of like triceps, traps, spinal rectors, glutes, hamstrings, um, calves, you know, everything on your backside, you know, um, just because, I mean, especially with equipped lifting, like a lot of, it's very different than raw lifting. So it's like a lot of it's, you know, wide stance, utilizing more of your hips and hamstrings, you know? So, um, a lot of our special exercises are, we don't neglect quads either. I mean, I do lunges and things like that. Um, you know, but the, even the technique requires the, the technique that I use requires mostly posterior chain. If I'm bench pressing, I'm putting myself into an upper back position basically that forces me to use, um, or allows me to use, uh, my lats and triceps more in the bench press than my, when I talk, we hear people talking about tearing their pecs. I'm like, you should never tear your pec on a bench. Mm-hmm. You know, that means that you're, I, I don't want to use my pecs on the bench press. You know, I want to use my back and I use my triceps, you know, and that's all in the way you set up, you know, on the bench to do that, you know? So it's little things like that. That it's like, okay, if that's the way I train and that's the muscle groups I want to use, that's, those are the muscle groups that I'm going to train the most, you know, most for. Even calves. Um, yeah. I mean, really like we might do some calf raises, but mm-hmm. it's like, you know, that's why I don't even do biceps. I've not, I've never done bicep stuff since bodybuilding. Um, not just, even in the bodybuilding.com gym. I did have to do that. <laughs> okay. day, so. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. It was like, I better not be sore from this. Um, but yeah, it's mostly just, you know, triceps, rear delts, you know, upper back, mm-hmm. spinal really rectus. Yeah. Very. Yeah. yeah. So all, all those exercises are kind of um, built towards that. And the way I like to set up my workout is, you know, um, you know, tw- you know, the, the main movement, which is 20% of the workout, 80% of the stuff. I usually start with something heavy, um, like eight rep heavy, meaning like, you know, three sets of eight heavy. Um, and you usually should pick something that is your weakness. So if like, if you have figured out for yourself that like, when you fail like a, a deadlift, it's, it's your low back. That's, you know, you can't move the weight off the ground, low back and abs. So I'm going to, my first accessory movement is going to focus on my weaknesses. I'm going to be good mornings. Let's mm-hmm. say heavy, good mornings to try to build up my spinal rectors. Then my, my next accessory movement, cause I'm going to do probably three accessory movements, then abs, and then a finisher, you know, my other two accessory movements are going to focus on maybe on hamstrings. And then the next one will be like glutes, high rep glutes, um, ab work every, every training session, but I, I rotate the ab work so that, 
Um, some days it's going to be heavy low rep ab work because I mean, you're the first muscle to contract on a deadlift is, is your abs. So if you, you know, if you have a hard time moving weight off the ground, spinal rectors, abs, so you need stronger abs and you're not gonna really get stronger abs by doing a bunch of unweighted sit-ups, you know, you need to like do weighted ab work, you know, that's right. like right. heavy, low rep. Yep. Um, you, you went on your Instagram, there's some heavy low rep ab work yeah. and it's tough. Yeah. Like, I mean, the thing, the things are, uh, the, the couple that I've seen recently were, um, uh, decline zerker sit-ups. Yeah, that's and, my favorite. Yeah. Oh man. I was yeah. Like, okay, that that looks incredibly difficult. Right. It right. Almost like I might need somebody to put the weight into. No. Yeah. Definitely. Usually you have like a partner and yeah. And they then put um, it on you on the, on the GHD. You were doing some side bends. With, like, or, uh, you're having a woman do a side some side bends. With yeah. Well. Yeah. Those those are um, really difficult moves in and of themselves. Definitely. There's, there's pretty tough to imagine doing yeah. much more than four or five. So when she was doing the side bends, that'd be like oblique. So like I would have a day for. Like heavy, like the zercher, decline zercher, and then a day for oblique work, um, and then a day for—I mean, not a whole day, but you know what I mean. Like um, uh, during training that work, session, yeah, training yeah. session. During that training session, I would do oblique work, um, and then a day for static ab work. You know, planks, different variation of planks. Um, you know, cable. You know, static holds, anything static, and then a day. Then there, then I do have a day for like higher rep stuff. You know, like weighted V ups or you know hanging leg raises, things like that that are higher rep. You know, that way you kind of cover all the bases every week. You know, I just I just really like to have like organized training. You know what I mean? It's like this day is for that, that day is for that. You know, so that nothing gets neglected because I think that's a common problem with some training programs maybe is that like there's so much work in the squat bench and deadlift and very little work in like, um, special exercises. So you, therefore you're like neglecting certain, you know, weaknesses and that's how people get hurt. Yeah. You say know? That. That's a big yeah. thing with injury prevention. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, the world of, of, um, those specialized exercises is so vast. It's so intimidating for people yeah. and you know, it, it can just be, it can be really difficult to look at and be like, well, I, I'd much rather just have like three things that I'm doing just because I, I can know, remember them. I know, exactly. You know? They'd rather just like have a program written that's like squat at this percent, 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 you know, and do a bunch of squats, do some leg curls, do some sit-ups and then go home, mm -hmm. you know, and that it's a lot easier to manage that type of program. You know what I mean? It's like as, as someone doing it as an athlete, you know, cause it's like you said, you don't have to like remember all these things or know what this exercise or that exercise is. So it is, that's what makes my job harder is it like I don't do programs like that I do programs where it is like it takes a lot more effort for me to write a program where there's all these exercises that are like just so unique and then um having to either explain it to people or like I make all these training videos so that at least I have a video to send them or link to them so they can see how to do it um so that's helpful you know because I mean when I go and I teach seminars you know what I found, what I found is that people are like, you know, when we, we go over our squat, bench and deadlift, they're, they're interested and they want to, they, they pick up on little things about technique. But when I go over accessory work, they're so interested. They're so, they love it, you know, um, especially CrossFitters, you know, cause that's one thing that a lot of CrossFitters are missing is this, these special exercises. Um, so they love it. Like they eat it up. They, they're writing it down. They're taking videos. They're like, you know, a lot of people want to add this kind of stuff in, but like yeah. you said, they don't know how or just how so, to do it. So yeah. Many yeah. How should I put, you know, what should I do for my workouts? You know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, so, you, so after powerlifting, you, you got pretty seriously into CrossFit with a, with a West side emphasis. Yeah. Um, because so tell us about, the, tell us about when you stopped competing yeah. and why, and then how you made that. Well, that even transition. during my, 
powerlifting career, we um, had been teaching, helping Louie teach a CrossFit powerlifting course. Um, so CrossFit, you know, they have these specialty courses. They've got, you know, powerlifting, gymnastics, weightlifting, all these specialty courses. Um, at the time, there were just a handful, though. Powerlifting is just one of, like, few. And um, so they brought Louie on to be the, the subject matter expert for powerlifting. Uh, so for a while, they – you know, all the, all those courses were held at Westside and they were happening pretty frequently. And, um, so people that want to sign up for it had to come to Columbus, Ohio and, um, take it at Westside. And so, um, we would go and we would help him, um, teach these courses and Louie, I mean, if you've ever heard him talk, I mean, he's so scientific, he's so smart that it like just goes over people's heads sometimes, you know, you're just like, they're just like, what did he just say? And then, um, you know, so we'd help like kind of translate, what, what he said, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and then after a while, CrossFit wanted, uh, these, the course to start moving around, you know, like to different other host locations, you know, like, but still led by Louie and, um, Louie didn't really want to travel. He's, you know, he, he likes to be in the gym, you sure. know what I mean? He doesn't want to be out, you know, traveling around. He likes to be in the gym working with his people. So, um, he had us go around and start teaching the course. And so this was back in like 2010, I think, or no, no, that's when we were at Westside. It was like 2011, I think, or 2012 that we started like traveling all the time to start teaching, um, these courses at different CrossFit gyms. Um, so here we're teaching people how to use the, incorporate the conjugate system into CrossFit, you know, and, and showing them how like the conjugate system is, very similar to CrossFit, you have all this variation, Mm -hmm. you know, all these, you know, a rotation of exercises and, um, you know, how like perfectly married they could be, you know? And so it it was going so well. I mean, people are, you know, taking the course and they're incorporating it. They're getting stronger, you know, their CrossFit's getting better. Um, so our gym that we have in Cincinnati, uh, back in 2013, the space right next to us, like on the other side of the wall opened up. So we're like, Let's do it. Let's open a CrossFit gym that, um, and like put everything we're preaching into practice, you know, like, and actually like have run these CrossFit classes that where we actually use the, the conjugate system and show people how we really do it. Like, you know, cause we're telling them like here and we're kind of leaving it up to them how to figure out how to incorporate it into classes and stuff. This is your lab now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like basically, yeah, it's our lab. So we, um, you know, hired a great CrossFit coach, um, and, you know, kind of coached her, like while we were like getting the gym ready, like got her up to speed on everything. And, um, and yeah, we, day one, it was like, no matter if you were, you know, a competitive athlete or someone just right off the street, everybody's doing the conjugate system. Yep. Monday is max effort lower. We're all, you know, rotating between us, you know, a deadlift variation or a squat variation, um, you know, cause some, cause you know, some gym owners would be like, I don't know. Like, I feel like my people are not going to, they, they want to, they want to wad. They want to, they want to yeah. get sweaty. You know, they don't really want to like throw chains on the bar and do weird stuff like that. So, but so here we had this like blank slate. It was like, you know, this is what you're going to do from day one. Not like we're going to like change it up on you. Um, you know, if it have already been open for a long time. So we started doing it and people started loving it. Like, you know, everybody loved it. Everybody loved like looking forward to like max effort days and getting stronger. And, you know, this is also around the time, this is 2013. This is also around the time where like, it is starting to get more popular, you know, um, for women to, you know, be stronger and it's not weird to like be muscular anymore. Um, you know, it's like, it's slowly now starting to like 
become cool, you know, so we got in like right at the perfect time, yeah. you know, so, you know, we'd have soccer moms coming in and loving, like they couldn't wait to deadlift and everybody's starting to log their, um, their progress because with the conjugate system, like we're doing so much variation, you might not do that same variation. Like if let's say it's like deadlift against chains, like you're probably not going to do that same uh, conventional deadlift against chains. You're probably not going to do that same variation for months because the next time we come around to deadlift with chains, we probably do it sumo because we have them switch between sumo and conventional. There's so much variation. So people are trying to log their stuff and then they're like, when it comes time to do it again, they're getting like big PRs and they just, they're posting it on the Instagram. They're like so excited about it, you know? Um, Somebody's like, what's your your specialty plan for that? And you're like, no, I haven't done that in months. Right, right, yeah. yeah. And I mean, so it was really fun, actually, just to like watch it, like all come together and watch people enjoy it, you know, like incorporating the entire two dynamic effort days, two max effort days into like normal classes and um, like really training our coaches to be good at it. Cause it takes, I mean, it takes a lot of organization. They have to do a, a fast, but effective warm up, and you have to like, I mean, they have to be already ready with like set up with, cause some of the setups are like so intricate, like safety squat bar, hanging chains, you know, all these things that you can't set up in just like a minute or two. Like, so you have, the coaches have to be prepared with everything kind of set up already. Um, run people, you know, it started a time clock, you know, to get everybody through the max effort and, enough time, but not rush them through it. Um, and then we do one accessory movement. So, you know, that accessory movement kind of complements, you know, if, if, if we did, um, you know, a deadlift that day, we might do hamstring, you know, glute ham raises or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then usually the wide, we try to like have that wide be more leg dominant, you know, um, if it's max effort, lower days, typically a shorter sprint type wide. Um, you know, we try to like be really thoughtful in the way everything's put together so that since they only have an hour um, with us and they're not going to be able to do all the accessory work that a normal conjugate program would have. Um, we try to like make that wide, then include some, something that would be like complimentary to, to that day, you know? So um, the finisher, if they have time to do it during class, like if, if the wad's over and they've got five minutes to do a hundred band good mornings, they do. But what we found is that even if they didn't have time, the next class started, those people would go to the corner, they would do their good mornings. You know, they want, they want to do the whole thing, you know, which then led us to, um, since we have the sweatshop, which is our, you know, um, personal training and powerlifting gym, like next door, um, what we found is that like people want to do more, they want more accessory work. You know, they're like, I love this now I want, you know, but I know that the conjugate system involves a lot more accessory work. Um, so we started kind of adding on like a kind of add on to your membership. You can have access to the rest of the programming, like all the other accessory work you can go next door and do it at the sweatshop. So, um, and a lot of people do that to this day. This is, I mean, it's six years later and people are still doing all the programming. And I mean, it's evolved a lot. We've, you know, you know, learned how to evolve with it and like, you know, properly keep overhead working for, you know, cause it's CrossFit you need a lot of overhead strength. So we've adapted it and, and grown it and evolved it. And, um, you know, it's, it's been awesome. Mm. Yeah. Make, it makes me wonder, um, you know, what your training has looked like through this time yeah. as well. I imagine it's grown I know, as I well. I kind of got away from that. Yeah. Like, so since that, so since I stopped, I, um, you know, I like just kind of, peer pressure, not peer pressure, but you know, like the CrossFit coaches, I, I mean, I just, I love them. And they're there when I would be powerlifting, they're always like, come on, do a wad with us. I'm like, I can't do that. Like I, I'm a powerlifter. I can't do that. So finally, like, um, 
I never really intended to retire from powerlifting after that last meet that I did in late 2014. I just was like, I'm going to take a little break. And um, that break turned into a longer break, turned into a longer break. My training group started growing with all these girls that, you know, were moving to Cincinnati to train in this group. And um, I just found myself more focused on coaching them. You know, I was just was like, you know, I was like, I, I'm really enjoying coaching them. I started, you know, they started getting really strong and it was just like, wow, I can train, I, I, I can get you to a world record. And it's just like, all of a sudden I'm just like, I'm more interested in like what they're doing during the workout than what I am. You know what I mean? And, and it was just like, so it, there was never like, I'm, you know, it wasn't like after that meet, I was like, I'm retired or nothing like that. It just, it just kind of organically happened. Um, and so you know, th- during that time, like I said, like the, the, the coaches would always be like, do a workout. And I'm like, okay, maybe I will. Cause I actually, um, that the last two meets that I did were at 148. I gone down a weight class. I've gone up and then down. Like, so I, you know, 165 was my, that was, that was where my body wanted to be, but I did some meets where I didn't cut weight and stayed in the mid one seventies. And that's why I have the squat world record and, um, and the bench press world record in the 181 weight class, because those were just meets that I did without cutting weight, you know? Um, and if you look at it, like I only did 770 at 181. It wasn't like um, having the extra weight helped me, you know, like it didn't, you <laughs> right. know what I mean? Like I actually did better at a lower weight class. Um, and then um, there was a, a competition that I w- did a couple years before retiring that um, my body weight was like really up. It was like into the um, upper 170s um, and then 180. And so I was like, well, if I just gain a couple pounds, I can be in the 198 weight class, you know, because you just have to be over 181.2, I think, you know, to to technically be classified as 198. So um, <laughs> I decided to just like keep my weight up there like that and do a, a meet at 180, uh, 198. And I was miserable. I was just like mm. bigger than I've ever been and just like uncomfortable and, and whatnot. But I was like, you know, like. I, if I do this, I, you know, cause I'd already had the the world record and the bench press in three weight classes. I'm like, if I do this, I'll have it in four weight classes, which no woman has ever done. Um, so, I mean, maybe not even in three weight classes, I'm not sure, but for sure in four weight classes, I always like to do things where it's like, I want to set this to where, you know, cause records are borrowed, they're not right. owned, you know? Yeah. So it's just like, I want to set it so high though, that I can hold on to it for a little while. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I was like, if I do four, that should stick for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, so I did, I got that. Um, the world record and the bench press and the 198 weight class. And then after that meet was when I was like, okay, I'm going back down and I'm going down. Like I want to go down to 148 um, and see what I can do there. So the last couple meets that I did were at 148 and I, that was a struggle to get there. That's why those meets were um, not my best meets because I mean, I, that, those are the meets I felt horrible. I made them, made it, I didn't make it through the first meet because I got sick that, that day kind of long story, but I got sick that day and I didn't make it through that meet, but I did the next meet that I did, which was the last meet I've ever done. I, um, cut to 148 and I just, I mean, I just remember feeling just terrible, you know? And so, cause I cut from one, 62. So that was a huge weight cut. You know, that was one that like, I was just like, this was too much of a weight cut. Like, cause I, I made it through this and I broke the world record bench, but I still, but not by enough, you know, it it still stands at 440, but, um, it should have been 500, you know, like that's what I was doing in training, you know? Um, so and people ask me if I have any regrets or anything. That's kind of one of them. I'm like, I wish I would have just, and that was kind of what my thought process was when I did after that. I mean, I was like, okay, I'm going to take some time and um, try to get my body weight down. So that's why I, I let myself do some CrossFit workouts. Cause I was like, I'll do short 
21, 15, nine, five minute workouts, you know, try to get in better condition to try to get my body weight down so that I'm cutting from like 153 instead of 162. And, um, and I would really want to do meets at 148, you know, that's what I really wanted to do. And, um, like I said, I just ended up being more focused on coaching other people and just kind of tired of competing, you know what I mean? It really, it really just like consumed my life for so long and, you know, affected a lot of things just being very, you have to be somewhat selfish, you know, um, in that, at that level or or, when you're trying to compete like that. So I just was like, I, it felt good to like be focused on other people and not be selfish, you know? So I was like, you know, and it just ended up being like, I, I just never got the desire to go back to that, Mm -hmm. you know? So I, yeah. So I just was like, you know, doing CrossFit workouts and this was 2015. Yep. 2015, uh, you know, did more and more and, you know, I still wasn't like serious about CrossFit, but I did, they, I mean, I still have these coaches. We still have these coaches at the gym, um, that, I mean, they just love having me do workouts with them. It's so funny <laughs> to this day. They're still like, you coming tomorrow morning? And I'm like, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. the perils of going yeah. to facility. I, I imagine. know you it's can't like, really they, I can't get no. away. <laughs> I know I can't be like, no, I'm not going to be there. I'm like, I'm there. Um, so, so you get to have fun. Yeah. Though, yeah, place. absolutely. It's super, it's very fun. That's what, you know, that's, you know, that was kind of different for me. It was like, you know, people would ask and Louie could not understand that. He like, he still doesn't understand like um, why people would, if you've been the best at something, why you would do something else that you're, else that you're not the best. Like I was not the best at CrossFit, um, never would have been the best. Um, but I kind of enjoyed that. You know, it was kind of a nice break. It was like, I'm not the best at this. Like I can, but I'm working out really hard to try to be better. You know, it was kind of a different kind of approach. And it, I, I really liked it. And I liked the community aspect of it and um, just it was fun because I would mostly do team competitions. So like the, we would have there's tons of local competitions where we're where we're at. And so um, I would get asked to do like team competitions. And it was just really fun because I could be the strong person on the team. And, you know, um, you know, I, cause that's what I enjoyed about cross about team competitions with CrossFit is that like, you know, especially the competitions where it's like, you know, you do this, I'll do this, you know, so it became really fun. And yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. And then I, I mean, ended up getting more serious about it, uh, later 2015 and 2016, um, started working out a lot again, like, you know, all the, the, the other competitors and coaches are like, come on, come on, come on, you know? Um, but it just got to be too, like, I ended up hurting my shoulder, which I never went and got it really checked. I mean, the physical therapist was like, you probably tore your labrum um, doing pull-ups. And I just rehabbed it and was just like, I, and then, you know, I've got a knee that hurts and all these things. And I just was like, I, I want to be able to like walk when I'm older. Like then I'm not blaming CrossFit at all. Like it's, it's an incredible way to train at all. Like it wasn't the the CrossFit's fault or whatever. It was just 10 years of putting my body to the test like that. And then like, I just like, I can't, keep, you know, pushing my body like that. I just, I just want to work out and stay healthy because I never was injured in powerlifting. Not once, like not once did I have an injury. Like, I don't even remember having any aches and pains. It was incredible. Like it would just be like, I was just like invincible. And I was just like, once I started feeling not invincible, I didn't like that feeling. I was just like, I, I like to work out and, you know, now when I do CrossFit, I just pick and choose like movements that I, I won't do muscle ups anymore. Um, I won't, you know, I don't want overhead squat anymore. 
Um, mm-hmm. you know, just things like that. You mm-hmm. know, it's no pistols for me, but I still enjoy. I just do CrossFit every day. I train every morning with. Um, every day, okay. Yeah, Interesting. every day. I I love it. Like I mean, I um, I start my morning at seven with um, either I've, there's a games competitor at our our gym. She's sixty two. Um, and I train with her. She's a total badass. Like she's like incredible. And she, um, her name's Marsha. And so I train with her in the mornings and then also with, um, Amanda Hardeman. She's, um, a regional competitor. Um, and, you know, trying to, you know, get, make her way to the games with the new system. That's (laughs) really crazy. Um, I don't, it's really, I, I don't understand it, but, um, and she's, and she's amazing. So like the two of them push me really hard still, you know, um, and I enjoy training with them. So I start my morning with like conditioning or, you know, different, you know, like I usually do like a wad in the morning and then my powerlifting girls come in at nine 30 and I lift with them. Okay. So you it's kind of weird. It's kind of flip flop. Yeah. There. Oh yeah. I still do everything yeah. like that. Um, I obviously, ideally I would tell someone to do their strength first and then their, their conditioning yeah. after, but vaguely blasphemous. Yes, I wasn't going to say it's, it's totally wrong, but it, for me with my schedule, Mm-hmm. That's, that's just, just what that works way. for me right now. If I were trying to be serious about something or like compete in something, I would never do it that way. I would do it the opposite, opposite. way. Um, but for me, just me just trying to be in shape and, mm-hmm. and whatnot, it's totally fine. So I do that. And then I train with the girls, um, at nine 30 and you know, the, the girls group that I train with, like over the years, like have, you know, cause our gym's called the sweatshop. So that for some reason, I don't even know how it happened, but that the girls group, the team name became like sweat girls and we even have like tattoos together, um, that say that, um, but, um, it, they just became like this, like kind of like famous group of girls that trained together. Um, because they, you know, these, this group of girls were just like pushing like crazy numbers, like, you know, like I'm training with them and like, I'm not trying to push crazy numbers anymore, but you know, I'm there. And then, you know, we had two other all-time world record holders that we, built, you know, at the gym, um, they started, you know, we had one that, um, she, I, I worked with her and trained her. I was like, she's the one that like, I was like, you're going to be, um, stronger than me someday. Like she's lower weight class. She's 132. But I literally was like, she, I like saw her and I was like, she's the person that's going to, you know, break, not break my records. Cause it's not in the same, same weight class, yeah. right. but, um, the 11 time body weight total, I was like, that, like, I, I, I don't ever want that to be broken, but if it is, I want it to be by somebody that I'm coaching, you know what I mean? So right. yeah. And she did now she's at like 11.45, I think 11.45 times body weight. Mm. Um, but so that was equipped then still. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But that was probably one of like, you know, I, you know, obviously I have these moments that I remember like, you know, breaking world records and stuff, but that's another like pivotal moment that I remember is when she, totaled 11.3, I think total when she broke that total, like it was something I'll, I'll never forget because it was, you know, like, like a really proud accomplishment for me too, not just her, you know, I'm obviously thrilled for her, but I'm like, that's, you know, now that's, that's kind of when I was like, I really, you know, like I, I know what I'm doing, you know, like I can coach other people, you know? So, um, so yes, so that was, one of my favorite moments too is was, sure. was when she did that. And then we've got another girl, Janine, who is a raw lifter and she, um, has, she, I mean, she's broken the squat world record at six twenty raw. Um, I mean, which is, I mean, absolutely monstrous, you know? Yeah. Um, and she's got a three twenty bench and a five eighty deadlift, which, which was an all time world record, you know, which, 
I mean, that was huge for us because, um, like all time deadlift world records are really hard to break. Like that, those are records that stand for a long time and, um, and whatnot. So, and, and Heidi, the 132, she also broke a deadlift record to have, and now we've got another girl, Andy, who just broke, um, the 165 deadlift world record, which I tried, um, multiple times in meets and never got, which, cause it was at 584 and, um, my best is 560. So in several meets I tried 585 and it just wasn't there, you know, and she just, she just broke it. So now we've got three girls at the gym that have all time deadlift world records. And it's just, I mean, that's, that's huge. Like to have one at your gym is, is a lot for a deadlift, but now we've got three. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow. And it, so you, you, uh, you, you represent this interesting turning point in powerlifting history right? yeah. where you were the only one when you started at the, the events that you were at. And now they're huge women's only events, right? right? Yeah. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of women going to events, um, you know, records falling all over the place, but just more and more people involved in the sport yeah. than ever. What do you, what do you want your, your legacy to be for this sport moving forward? And where do you see this sport moving forward for women? Um, well, like when I competed, like I, there are a lot of meets. So I was the only girl like, or there might be one or two others. So it was like, I mean, it was just, I, I remember telling someone like, um, I was like power women's powerlifting is dying. Like I totally remember that. Like I felt like I was, I lift, literally felt like I was the only woman in powerlifting. Like, um, I was just like, I, it's just me. Like, like where's everyone gone? Um, I mean, I can't really pinpoint the year that would have been, but probably 2011 ish probably. Um, and then, you know, CrossFit at meanwhile is gaining popularity. It's getting you know more popular. Um, then you're starting to see, you know, women doing CrossFit and like enjoying the strength part of the class. And like, I don't really like doing the wads. I'm, I really like getting stronger. So you're seeing um, women cross over from uh, CrossFit into powerlifting. That's what Meg squats told us. She was yeah. Like, yeah, just, yeah. It is the CrossFit gym, but then there was the powerlifting gym. I found myself upstairs more yep, often. Exactly. You know? I totally, I mean, that's the only thing I can think of that really kind of brought women's powerlifting back was um, CrossFit you know, people transferring over from CrossFit to powerlifting and then also CrossFit making it cool to be strong. You know, they, you know, that, you know, people are like, I love CrossFit. You, you know, if, if you love CrossFit, you better, you better love lifting heavy. Cause that's part of it. Like you're going to max out at some point on something, you know? So, um, if you want to be better at CrossFit, you have to be stronger. So now it's like, you know, you got women that, and the girls are getting more muscular, and people are like, I want to be like so-and-so and she's jacked, you know, um, you know, CrossFit training is funny. Like the high rep stuff like that is making, making like it, that form of training is just like these, these women are like super jacked. And so it's awesome because now it's cool. Now people are like, oh, that's so attractive. Right. You yeah, know, it's totally yeah. the amount of, amount of muscle that a, that a woman can yeah. carry and in, not be and looking be like, like a man, yeah. you know, yeah, like exactly. I love that because I, unfortunately, you know, um, a lot of like my powerlifting career was during a time when it was not attractive. Like it, people thought it was gross. And so like, you know, I had to like, I built some thick skin because I would read back then we didn't have Instagram or anything like it, like only you would have like forums and then YouTube, you know, so you'd upload your videos to YouTube and you're all excited. And then you'd read these comments from people that were like, she looks like a dude, um, you know, all this stuff. Is that a man? You know, like only men can do like horrible comments. And I'm just like, so that's another thing too. Like when I, um, see girls get upset about like, um, Instagram comments or something like just delete it. Who cares? Like it's, like you really, you have to learn how to just like be like, 
that person who is that person who cares, you know what I mean? Like focus on like the tons of other people that think that what you're doing is awesome. Um, the people that like around you that you really care about think it's awesome. So who cares about some person you don't even know, you know, cause that's what I had to start thinking. Cause I would read these comments. And I'd just be like, it, I mean, it, it could really, yeah, it's like, yeah. I could see, I mean, you have to have a good support system around you. People that, um, you know, are building you up because you could read that stuff and be like, you know, they could really get to, to people, but mm -hmm. thankfully it's not that way so much anymore. People are really thick skin, good support system. Any other lessons for Kaylin here? Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, really just, you know, um, you know, having people around you that, you know, support what you're doing, you know, and, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. You're just in it at a really good time. Cause it's like, it's so, it's so fun. And there's so many women in it and, um, women that are getting into, it. I mean, I was just at over at the gym today and I, um, picked a random cause I was doing the Instagram takeover and I picked a random woman out, um, and asked her if she had any kids. Cause I wanted her to just talk about, um, if she had a daughter, like talking about international women's day, you know, what, you know, what, you, what example are you trying to set? And it turns out she does powerlifting. Um, her daughter who's 11 does powerlifting. And it's just like how I just picked a random woman mm. out, you know what I mean? It's just like, there are so many women now that are like, I mean, she does it for fun. So it's not like she's like, she's not trying to be like a, I don't think she's trying to be like a serious powerlifter, but like, it's to the point now where like people are doing it for fun now, you know, like, let me just do this. Like, cause I, you know, I'm already in the gym training and I, you know, I want to one rep max this and, and get stronger and get, see my lifts go up and, you know, set a good example for younger people, you know, or my daughter or this or that. Um, so I thought that was pretty amazing. And, and now, you know, like I said, I'm, you know, I would be like the only person I, you know, like I thought in like a dying sport for women. And, um, now, and like, uh, like I was like, what can I do to try to like help bring it back a little bit? So in 2012, I was like, I'll, I'll have a, um, I'll try to have a women's powerlifting meet, um, because in California, a friend of mine, she was having women's powerlifting meets and it was a little more popular out there. She was getting like you know, 20 to 30 women that would come out for a meet. And I was like, that's crazy. I, don't, I mean, you know, like, like I out Midwest, you know, there's just like really nothing anymore. Um, and I would go out there to her, a couple of her, her competitions and I did it twice and like kind of went out and just helped her with one of them. And I was like, I'm going to try to have one. And I was like, Oh, nobody's going to come. And 40 people signed up. Um, and I would, day one, I would have the, the meet. And then day two, I'd have like a little seminar about women's powerlifting. And so we got a lot of people. I couldn't believe it. 40 people did the meet and like another 30 stayed uh, for the seminar. And um, so I was like, oh, that's awesome. You know, like, well, maybe I'll have it next year. You know, I had it again and it like it grew a little bit. And, you know, next thing you know, like um, a few years ago, we made it like we did. We created a computer program uh, that where people can online register because back you know, before it was just paper registration. Right. You send in your paper registration. Um, so we had online registration. We opened it up. Um, I remember like I, I would announce it. It was like it's going to open it up on Sunday at 5 p.m. And um, it sold out in like a couple hours. And we were like, whoa, like 75 spots in a couple hours. The next year it sold out in two minutes. Um, and then the next year it sold out. Something happened with the computer program and it oversold. Oh, no. It sold out to like 120. <laughs> And so I was like, oh no, I can't have 120 lifters in one day. So I was like, okay, what should I do? Let's ditch the seminar on day two. Um, and let's have a two day competition. We'll separate it from, 
amateurs on day one, pros on day two. And so we did that a couple years ago and it went really well. So we did, did it last year also. And now this year, which is the, the competition's coming up next month, April 13th and 14th of 83 on day one and 60 pros on day two. So it's just like, that blows my mind that we could have a two day competition full of women, you know? So, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's a testament to a couple things, you know, the growth of women's powerlifting, but also just like, like, our team of people that we have at the sweatshop, like the effort we've put into hosting these competitions and, you know, the reputation we've built to put on a good, fair competition with good atmosphere. Cause people, when they come to do this competition, they're just like mind blown. Like, like the energy is crazy. Cause you know, we host a couple other meets during the year. It's like men and women. I'm not dog and men or anything like that, but when there's (laughs) men involved, it's just a little more intense and like, you know, you put a bunch of girls together and they're screaming, yeah. they're cheering for each other. They're like, the energy is so outrageous. Like the room is full and it's just like, you know, people love it. And they're like, people come out and they'll do their first meet there. And they're just like, you know, I, I love to give them an awesome, like first meet experience because it's like, if you give them a great first meet experience and they're like this, if this, if this is what powerlifting is like, then I want to do this. I want to like get serious about this, you know? So like the energy is everything we have it in the CrossFit gym. So it's like, you know, awesome setup and loud music and, um, you know, we've got food trucks outside. I mean, just little mm. things like yeah. that, what that a it's great like community. Yeah. It's mm. such an awesome community. And it's like what I look forward to all year is that competition. I mean, it stresses me out, but right. like, um, <laughs> but it's, you know, it's one of those things I'm like stress out, stress out. And once it's over, I'm just like, Oh, that was of. so awesome. You know, like it's, yeah. it's really cool. So we've that got that coming up. One of the things that really surprised me when I first did powerlifting was the community aspect yeah. of it yeah. and how encouraging everybody was. Mm-hmm. And like, Outside of that, like girls are kind of catty and yeah. other sports are super competitive. Right. But I felt like I'm like, why are these people being so nice to me? Like yeah. we're in the same weight class. Like you're trying to beat me and yeah. I'm trying to beat you. But and I think that was a big reason that I kept doing it too. Yeah. was just the fact that like like you said, it's the prep can be stressful, but the day of it's just that meat day. Yeah. Yeah. About it that's just like Because usually really even addicting. if there's someone's in your weight class and they're not as strong as you, they're you know, they're happy for you because they're inspired by you. You know, they, you know, like you're inspiring someone and they want to be, um, you know, as strong as you. And like, you know, it's like healthy competition. They're like, I want to beat her someday, but like in a good way, not like, cause I hate her or anything like that. They, you know, they're, you're motivating that person. So it's, it's a totally different, um, thought process, Mm -hmm. you know, and culture and powerlifting. And And it's come about so quickly too. I I mean, I feel like it's just been in the last few years that it's exploded exponentially. It makes me think that there was just a massive need there that was being yeah. unmet. Yeah. Yeah. Just, all right, there it is. We've been waiting. Yeah. Just like you were saying, you were waiting, like what, my activity will find me. What, what, I think for a long time it was like, like, you know, quote, like old school power lifters, you know, and, and those people weren't really used to like the computer or internet or, you know, being active on that. Like, you know, sometimes I get frustrated because like, you know, sometimes I'll be like, gosh, like power, put your freaking phone away and focus on your training. You don't need to film everything. You know what I mean? Like, um, you know, because, you know, I'll, I'll like refer back. It makes me like feel old, but I'll be like, back in the day, we did not have phones and cameras, like, you know, videotaping everything. We actually trained and trained hard and, um, you know, but it also has kind of helped, you know, to like some people can take that too far, but like, you know, it has helped bring exposure to powerlifting. And, you know, there's people that have really, you know, and I, I tried to, I'm not really 
like the greatest at social media, but I do try to like put out content and stuff like just to, you know, to help, you know, perpetuate that, like help bring, you know, keep bring you know, bringing awareness to it and like, um, making it to where, I mean, cause I, I talk to people all the time now that are like, you know, um, I think I might do a meet, you know, like they don't really necessarily want to be a power lifter, but they're like, I just want to do that. I want to, mm-hmm. you know, so more people are getting involved and, um, more people are kind of, you know, if they're kind of done with a, another sport, they're like getting interested in powerlifting because powerlifting is something you can do forever. Like it's literally, right. um, you know, at Westside, um, Chuck Vogelpohl and Amy Weisberger both broke all time world records in their mid forties. You know what I mean? Like they, they got their strongest. And these are people, these are, these two have been training at Westside, um, you know, 20 years prior to that, 20 plus years you know, prior to that. So it's not like they were like just getting into powerlifting and their bodies are fresh. I mean, they've gone to, you know, they've, they've put their bodies through, you know, right. a ton for like 20 years and still broke world records in their forties, you know? So it's a sport that you can do later in life. So, you know, sometimes, you know, if, if people are young and stuff, it's like focus, you know, do powerlifting, but, you know, focus on if they're in high school or something, focus on sports and, you know, you've got your whole life to power yeah. lift, you know, like let your body mature and, but still do it, you know, cause it's going to help your sports. Um, but you know, you know, do other things that you want to do first, as far as like your actual like main focus, Build because you really literally have, you're going to get actually your strongest later. Yeah. And, that, and then that's, that's the concern that we have sometimes with, with the just immediate popularity yeah. of, of powerlifting is that people aren't coming to it after having grown into it necessarily. Yeah. They're finding it and maybe, later. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, yeah, I, I know people that um, find powerlifting like um, in their thirties, you know, like mid thirties even, and, and still like it's plenty of time to get strong and breaking all time world records. Mm-hmm. You know, I see it all the time. You don't have to like, this is not a sport that you have to start when you're little. Right. Yeah. Do, do, do you feel like somebody who, you know, they're, they're wrapped up in the mystique of powerlifting right now. A woman in particular could benefit from spending some time really focusing on building that muscular base like you did, or it's yeah. like not, not necessarily, Hey, I'm going to do a bodybuilding yeah, show, but like, you know what, just kind of be a yeah. bodybuilder. Don't yeah, worry no, about it. Yeah, no, for sure. Like it, there's nothing wrong with that building, like a, a solid foundation, um, you know, doing bodybuilding type exercises, uh, just to build, you know, build like a good foundation before really getting into like competitive powerlifting. It'd be totally, you know, but there's also like, depending on the program that you do, like um, there are programs where you can kind of simultaneously do that together. That's why I love the conjugate system because so much of it is special exercises. So you're doing it. um, And like, um, like your dynamic effort work is based on percentages. So it's like, it's, you're, no one's asking you to squat, like, you know, or pull or bench, like super crazy heavy. Um, you know, it's all based off percentages and all, like all, a lot of your training is, um, accessory work. So in special exercises, so you're kind of like getting the bo- best of both worlds. You're practicing your technique and, um, whatnot, you know, it, it just basically, it's just, it's adaptable. Like you could mm-hmm. literally take the conjugate system for a beginner, um, adjust their main exercises, like their, you know, um, their main movements into maybe not necessarily hitting one rep max variations, you know, kind of adjusting those type movements, but focusing on the accessory work, um, you know, cause it's a program that's built for longevity. That's, you know, I'm sure like, I, as I try to explain to people, I'm like, there's probably programs where you're going to get stronger, f- stronger, stronger faster, mm-hmm. you know, like super fast track. But I was like, you, there's you know, not guaranteed, but there's a good chance you probably end up getting hurt. You're not going to be in it yeah. very long. You know what I mean? I'd rather, 
be able to do this. I mean, I still do it, even though I don't compete, I still do all the, the exact training with my group that are, those girls are all trying. They're like, you know, they're getting ready for the pro-am that we're having next month. They're trying to get ready for the WPO meet in October. Um, you know, so they're serious, but you know, I'm still able to train with them, even though I don't compete, you know, even though I'm not, my goals are completely different. You know, it's a style of training that I I will do forever. Hmm. Yeah. Well, great. Well, we were yeah. great to have you on the team. I think it's a really interesting yeah, partnership. I'm, I'm really excited yeah. because How, I just want to share this, you know, knowledge with people and try to get more people like, um, you know, aware of, you know, not just powerlifting, but, you know, the conjugate system and doing it right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, doing totally. it right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Laura Phelps, thank you so much for meeting with us. How do people you. find you online? Um, basically on Instagram, Queen Bee Power. I'm working on a website. Um you know, but yeah, just, you know, I'm always, I'm always checking my DMs and stuff. If anybody has questions, I try to answer everything. Um, you know, Laura Phelps training at gmail.com if people have um, questions and I put out, you know, training on wadfollow.com. Um, you know, my, tr- you know, actual training programs are on there if you search conjugate. Uh, so that's, you know, a subscription that people can subscribe to. And I do, um, you know, personal coaching as well, individual coaching as well. So wonderful. It's yeah. great to have you here. Thank, Thank you. you so I appreciate awesome. it.